he who has ears, let him hear. This is episode 36, The Parable of the Sower. Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name is Andrew. Hey, I'm Josh, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. One day, Jesus was sitting on a boat, and he was talking to a huge crowd of people, and he told them about a farmer who was planting his field. Farmer spread a bunch of seed out, and some of that seed landed on rocky soil. Uh, where the roots came up, the seed, uh, our rocky soil, where actually the birds kind of came and ate the seeds, didn't really produce much. The wind blew and it all flew away. Some other seeds uh, landed on shallow soil where um, they kind of grew quickly. And uh, but the problem was that the soil wasn't that good. It was it was sandy. It was shallow. So they grew quick. But then by the time the wind came, uh, trials came, the storms came, it just kind of died. Uh, didn't have good enough roots. And then the third seeds, they kind of fell on good soil and they grew deep roots and they produced like a hundredfold. Um, like one seed was worth way more than all the others. So um, that's the parable he told. We're going to talk about it. Hey, we start a new series with this episode um, before we kind of dive into it um, that will kind of kick off with uh, a parable um, that Jesus told in his three years of ministry here on earth. And us just kind of digging into it, dissecting it, and trying to figure out how it applies to our lives as followers of Jesus in this Jesus life. Um, And this is our first parable, the parable of the sower. Uh, if you are following along and you have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, uh, you can find one at Bible.com. Or Google it. <laughs> Super simple. Just Google it. Or yeah. Google these verses because there's plenty of Bibles out there. <laughs> yeah. uh, it doesn't have to be a physical thing in your hand. Uh, but the passages are Matthew chapter 13, 3 through 23. So Matthew 13. Uh, Mark 4. Uh, majority of Mark 4 chap- are verses 3 through 20. And the middle of Luke 8, 5 through 15. And like like at any times we read scripture, we read scripture in relationship with Jesus, expecting Jesus to speak to our hearts mm-hmm. and our souls. Yeah. And that's the same thing here. So as you read these verses yourselves, um, as you dig into them yourselves, uh, let Jesus speak through them to your heart. And the benefit is this parable is exactly about that idea. Um, so we're going to start off with this, uh, which wasn't planned. Um, if you know our planning, um, it's pretty limited. Uh, <laughs> we actually tried to record this on Friday, and uh, Andrew and I came to the table with a different parable, and we're like, dude, I got nothing. Things like, did dude, not I got go nothing. well. And then we're like, dude, <laughs> let's not record today. <laughs> <laughs> and let's do a different one. And that's what happened. Too. Uh, but yeah. now we're back. Uh, and yeah. again... Probably didn't do a lot of preparing, <laughs> but we did order the parables this time around, not yeah. really looking into them other than here's the title and here's the context of the verses, uh, yeah. and then ordered them by categories. Uh, so we'll be working through these these parables for the next handful of episodes, um, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. should be a little bit lighter and more enjoyable um, because we want to make it that way. 
and yeah. uh, we're lighter and enjoyable people. That's how I describe <laughs> myself. When someone says, "Hey, uh, how do you describe Andrew?" I say he's a he's a lighter and enjoyable he's, person. <laughs> and um, literally, since uh, since um, it's January seventeenth right now, since January first, Josh has lost two hundred and fifty pounds, and he is jovial. Um, he is. I'm just kidding. I am I just skin and lost. bones. Uh, <laughs> that way, uh, that's that, that doesn't leave a lot left. Um, I'm a little offended, Andrew, that you know you think or know yeah. that I weigh more than 250 pounds, um, and you're able to use that kind of number um, and not put yourself, being real, myself in the negative. If I'm being real, I said 250 because I didn't want people to think I was serious. If I said he's lost 13 pounds, because I don't know if you've lost any weight, man. You look fine. You look you look light and enjoyable. <laughs> It's because he just seen my head up. Yeah. Josh, when but, you say light and enjoyable, I, I know I'm distracting from getting in, but when you say light and enjoyable, what is the first food that comes to mind for you? Oh, shoot. <laughs> I don't know. Th- those two, like, really? they don't really go together. No. Dude. Or maybe they do for you, but, like, yeah. light food that's enjoyable does not occur to me. That's fair. What, okay. What's in your head? Popcorn, popcorn, delicious, uh, buttery. See, good. I'm not a huge Movie fan of popcorn. popcorn. Really, man. Yeah, it um, pisses me off. Like it's good. Really? I like it sometimes, but it yeah. smells so good, and it never yes. lives up to the smell. Well, see, I think it does. I I love good popcorn. Mm. Um, okay, the other food that this is a weird one, but I just love them. Um, we have this awesome bagel shop close by, and like. Probably once a month, we go and pick up some bagels on Saturday morning. And dude, cooking that up with some butter on a griddle, you know, sliced open and putting like some good scallion Uh, cream cheese on a jalapeno cheddar bagel. Ooh, light and enjoyable. Delicious. Interesting. Yeah. I never think of light when I think of bagels. No, no, I don't know. I'm a weirdo. So that is the first food that actually came to uh, mind. Like, like um, croissants. I think yeah. croissants are right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but croissants yeah. are pretty much just fried butter in bread fry. Yeah, yeah. Um, croissants so and popcorn, those are better answers. But if I'm being totally real, bagel, butter, and cream cheese bagel is the first thing that actually always, came to mind. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm a fan of bagels. I don't eat them that often because we just don't have a great right. bagel place. Though I will say this. There's a King mm-hmm. Supers near my house. King Supers is our grocery store. Uh, it's the Which Kroger is actually brand. just Kroger uh, for most of the country. But it's all these other weird names, too. King Supers. That's true. Yeah, so if you're near, it's a it's in the Kroger family. So uh, I also mm-hmm. thought it was weird. I was like, what the heck is King Supers? I don't want to go there. It sounds like white trashy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it isn't. It's our nice grocery stores. <laughs> but I have one next to my house. is like those new super ones which like sells clothes. Because um, you're like, that's what I need to do is buy clothes at the grocery store. Right. Um, Some tank tops, crop tops. They have dollar pretzels that are like homemade just hanging there. Oh my Dude. gosh, they're the death of Dude. me. Dude. I don't there's know how a many whole... pretzels I've eaten. I have made there... trips to King Supers for nothing else other yes. than their pretzels. Yes. That's awesome. Dude, hot pretzels, hot soft pretzels are ridiculously good. I would oh, say so that's good. light and refreshing. <laughs> You know, uh, enjoyable. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Say, enjoyable. Yeah. They're definitely enjoyable. 
Yeah. I'm a fan. Some good like brown mustard or Dijon. Yes. Like, oh, so good. Yeah, dude. We and have cheese okay. stuff. And you can't get salted pretzels because like then it's no just salted? salt you're eating. And I don't want to do that. What? what? Yeah, just plain pretzels. Or the ones with Here's... like, if they got the cheese on them, that was pretty good too. Yeah. See, we disagree a bit because I'm cool with the hot, salty, no. soft pretzel. I'm good with that as long yeah, as it's I'm buttery. But I don't, I don't like them with a ton of salt, just like a little bit. There's a whole grocery store um, that's a little Mennonite grocery store close by that we go to because I'm in Pennsylvania, so we have a lot of Mennonites. Um, we go there often for like good produce and stuff, and their baked goods are out of this world. But um, they always have homemade, like hot pretzels hanging, just like you said, um, at oh. the at the checkout. So yep. my daughter really literally you, calls man. it the pretzel store, where it's just yeah, like man. a tiny thing Smart they do. Girl. Dude, they get us every time. Every time we're Absolutely. like, yep, three of those. Yes, please. <laughs> you know? You're like, no. Uh, Today's a yeah. sixth day. We'll have two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One for the ride home, one for we get yeah. home. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, pretzels. Dude. I don't know how we got on the pretzel talk, but I'm I'm hoping everyone makes it to uh, a store today and gets yeah. yourself a good old uh, what do they call them? Soft pretzels. None soft of those pretzel, in a bag man. pretzels. No. None of, like you no. want a good soft mm-hmm. pretzel. Um, Treat you know they're good when they're like extra brown and they're like yep. breaking through. Mm, mm-hmm. It's a good day. Yeah. Um, so go get yourself <sighs> and, and yeah, treat yourself like Andrew said. Treat yourself, um, which is always a good. I just watched, started watching that again last night. Parks and Rec, Parks man. and Recreation. It's great every time. It's great every time. I don't think That's it's on one a streaming the... service right now. Maybe it's on Peacock. It's I think Peacock. it's on Peacock. I'm pretty positive it is. Um, I own it um, iTunes, so I watch it there. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, Parks and Rec makes me laugh every time. It is always light and enjoyable, as they say. <laughs> I'll come out and say it. I think Parks and Rec characters are better than yep. Office characters. Me too. Dude, I agree. I think office storylines are much better than... Now, I'm not saying top characters. Like, right. you have you have like Jim and Dwight. Like, right. There's not right. a character in Parks and Rec that compare right. to those two um, in terms of level. But in terms of overall cast, I like more of the cast in... Yeah. The only one that like kind of cringy, and he's cringy funny, is Rob... Um, what's his name? Rob. Rob. His real name's Rob. Oh gosh, the he's the, city manager. The manager. Um, yeah. yeah, gosh, I should know yeah, his last name. Bother me. He was in um, another. He's in all of kinds of stuff. The West Wing. He's super famous. Yeah. Let's say Rob Schmidt, but that's not a thing. No. I don't know no. a Schmidt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I will say that. Uh, definitely yeah. good stuff when you come to. Uh, Parks and Rec, but yeah, the Office storylines are just better. But the Office has more characters I do not like that are that are yeah. more than cringeworthy. They're just like, no, thank you, you shouldn't be on the show. Yeah, Rob Lowe. I just looked it up. Rob, Rob Lowe. Lowe. But yes, That's dude. Yeah, and uh, Parks and Rec makes me laugh more. There were there was a time really? when I would have said The Office, and it's now wow. shifted. And I still I love The Office. It makes me laugh a lot. But Parks and Rec. Beats it out Interesting. for sure. How crazy is it that NBC got two major shows like that? That's pretty dude. Cool. They have all kinds of good stuff. It's wild. Go you uh, NBC uh, uh, show finders or whatever your title is. I assume that's what's on your business card. Uh, Jim Jim Smith of NBC titled show finder. 
Show finder. That's all he does. He just finds shows. Hit maker. Oh, they call me hit the maker. hit maker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's one of those like cheesy, like uh, you put yeah, it on yeah. like your dating profile. Mm-hmm. This is Josh Hitmaker Bertram. Uh, that might have been the first time I've ever said my name on this episode, on this show. Um, oops. Yeah. I realized there's been a few times when I've said your first and last name, and I'm always like, should I do that? <laughs> this is it's just... on our website, so it's not like you can hide it, but okay, yeah, it's just something we've never yeah. done. But it's just something um, weird where I'm like, wow, everybody can yeah. look him up and send him threatening mail now, you know? That's true. Which send those We'd encourage mails. just... Just let them know it's, you know, because you listened to this podcast and gave us yeah. a great review. Let them know that. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> give us a great review. <laughs> yes, review us well before tearing into us. We would appreciate that. Before your hate no, let's speech. be honest. It doesn't really, like, it doesn't really help us anymore. Like, right. Um, ratings and reviews help, you know, at least on Apple Podcasts when you first launched to get on new and noteworthy. We didn't make it there. So sad. Um, but we also didn't launch big either. Our own bad. Um, but whatever. It is what it is. You can still rate yeah. us. It always helps people, you know, scrolling through and yeah. they're like, man, they have good ratings and it's not just from their moms. Yeah. Um, All, listen, if you're going to, the rule is if you're going to send us a mean note or email, then you just owe us a good review before you do it. And you don't have to believe it. <laughs> you just write it. Best podcast I've ever listened you to. And then send us some hate it. mail. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just balance it out. Actually, That's hate mail, saying. if it's like hate mail that like has anthrax or something crazy in it, let don't me give do you that. Andrew's. Andrew's address. I'd rather that that stuff has to go through his department rather than on my side, my department. Um, he needs to take that stuff. So like, you know, if you have COVID and you're coughing in envelopes, yeah, send that to Andrew's address and not my address. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Dude, I'm stoked that we're going to be talking about parables. Um, let me just I say, too. because they're like, before we go into this specific one, I've always loved them because I feel like they're... Uh, they're just like really quick, simple, simple to understand stories that always have more meaning than you think, you know, down the yeah. road or they're, they're big overarching meanings, I guess. So I don't know. I'm just excited about this because there's a ton of parables to the point where I don't think we'll even cover all of the ones Jesus spoke that were recorded. Uh, maybe we no. will. I don't know, but there's a lot. Um, so I'm excited about it and I'm feeling, yeah. feeling like this is going to be a cool shift. Well, the, the cool feeling? thing of of parables and why they're so, why they have so much depth to them, um, is like Jesus is trying to describe something new, like a new kingdom has been established that's going to mm-hmm. be established under his throne um, yeah. through his death and resurrection, um, and he's trying to describe something that is rather complex, um, in terms of the layers that exist inside of the kingdom, not layers of people, just layers of understanding. Right. Um, and, you know, trying to bring that to a group of people, which we'll get to in these verses today, um, is is difficult. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why there's layers. And I think this is Jesus' point of this parable of the sowers is, like, there's layers to understanding of this kingdom and why he speaks in parables. Um, and when you get into these different layers, like, they become, you know, when you move to a different level. So we're saying you maybe you're thorns and you're moving into good soil. And you reread those verses and you're like, oh, I didn't realize that's what he was saying. Um, Yeah. It just gives greater depth uh, and understanding, um, I think, is exciting. Um, But, yeah. 
Um, I think it's worth probably giving context of the bigger picture since yeah, we have a we're having a conversation on air. We haven't read the verses. Um, so those that are like listening in, let's just kind of give you a picture of what's going on right now. Um, just so we're on the same page while you're listening, you don't have to stop though. You can pause and go read the verses. Um, always good. You can always go to this JesusLifePodcast.com. We'll, we'll link the verses right there, uh, really quick for you as well. So you can't, you don't have to like scroll back and be like, uh, what did he say at the beginning? What Hmm? did he say? It was in three different gospels. Um, we did, uh, it is in three different gospels. Uh, right now, um, I'm trying to figure out where Jesus is in the storyline. Well, he's been at this point, Jesus has been, uh, he's gathered his disciples, so they are following him actively. So, you know, the people, Hey, come with me, let's make fish. I'm going to make you fishers of men, not just fishermen. Like that was part of what happened already. He's, he's been teaching for a while. So there's like crowds of people following him. He's healed a ton of people. Um, at this point in Matthew, this is recorded like five, six chapters after the Sermon on the Mount concludes. So I didn't look it up historically to see, did this happen after the Sermon on the Mount? But in the way it's recorded in Matthew, at least it is after that. So I only say that because at this point he's been teaching for a while into his ministry, I would assume. Like he's already sent out the disciples at this point, um, you know, two by two kind of thing. Um, And that was a, there was a decent amount of time into his ministry. Not a, t- not a huge amount, but a decent. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's the disciples have been with him long enough to understand a lot of what he's talking about. Um, now, did this parable happen in the order that Matthew was written? Maybe. Um, those are always up for debate. Yeah, um, who knows? But he is teaching to a large crowd at this moment. Um, That's right. And the cool Large thing, enough that he got into a boat so that he wasn't like crunched and he could be out in front of them. So at... You got to think hundreds of people, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely hundreds of people. And here's the crazy thing about little little statements like that's made in this verse of, you know, he got into the boat, and large crowds gathered around him, mm-hmm. um, is like natural amplification happens um, in hmm. in a setting like this. Because you got to figure like... Here's your here's your shore. It's coming down. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a downward slope into the water. They're all sitting on the shore. It's like a natural amphitheater that was yeah. created. Um, so little things like that. We're like, man, this dude's one smart cookie. Um, yeah. Here he is able to figure out without you know modern day amplification uh, to speak yeah. to thousands of people. Um, mm-hmm. And there was probably that many um, around you know for such a large gathering um, where he's sharing this thing. So that's kind of the context that's going into. And of course, Jesus uses an example that they're all familiar with. Like he's talking to farmers, he's talking to fishermen, he's yeah. talking to people but that are part of this culture. Let me, let me add, like, you know, this is the Jewish culture and, you know, he was deeply respected because they all saw him as a rabbi, like a teacher. Like they saw him as something more when he was healing all these people and he had this crazy reputation. Like he's brought people back from the dead. He's healed all these paralyzed people. He's cast demons out. So it was like rabbi on steroids, you know, but he was seen as somebody who would like open up the law and teach about God to the Jewish people, to the Israelites. And um, so something that was deeply valued then in in Jewish culture and is still deeply valued is teaching. So 
Um, when I was reading about this story a little bit, I've heard about it. I've heard it a lot of times. I've read it a lot of times. It's a very common one that's taught in kind of the U.S. church. Um, but uh, when I was looking it up, they said like two of the biggest ways this would have been understood would have been by literal farmers, you know, or people, let's not even say farmers, people with gardens, you know, because everybody grew food if they had enough space to do that. But farmers especially, it was a very agrarian culture. So a lot of people would just resonate with this crop seed analogy. But then also uh, the second group would be, oh, he's talking to teachers of the law. Like they would go and teach something and some of their teachings would fall on rocky soil and get blown away and eaten by the birds, you know, basically forgotten. Um, Some would fall on decent soil and be remembered for a while and then forgotten. And other lessons they teach would would be taught and remembered and retaught and spread to generations below them, that it would be a, a very effective teaching, you know? So I read a few articles and there are a few kind of commentaries on this. And they were saying like, those are the two most widely uh, believed ways that people who hear this story, this parable from Jesus in the moment it was taught would have thought about it, uh, would be farming and like the teaching class or rabbi class of people. Hmm. Yeah. So kind of the, the uh, timeline of this story. Um, so Jesus shares the parable um, and the parable is simply uh, there's there's four types of, of soil that the seed is being planted on, the path, the rocky place, the thorns, and then good soil. Um, and then what happens at each of those characteristics. And then he um, slips away with his disciples and his disciples ask the question, like, what did that parable mean? Can you explain mm-hmm. it to us? Um, which is a question that par- that. Uh, Jesus' disciples asked on a pretty regular basis. <laughs> uh, yeah. One of two things yeah. is true. Uh, the kingdom was still coming into be, so it was hard to understand. Um, so that's mm-hmm. why they're asking these clarifying questions. Two, they just weren't fully understanding um, from an educational standpoint what's being said. Um, yeah. There's that side of it too. So I think there's a lot. But the beautiful thing about this parable of these four soils is Jesus does explain it. Or at least he explains yes. why does he speak in parables because that's the question mm-hmm. um, I think that's asked. Oh, yeah, man, why do you speak to them in to. parables? That's what, straight up, why do you speak like this, you know? And Jesus' answer is interesting, and I think it's interesting enough for us to dig into, of mm-hmm. like, why why is it that Jesus is speaking in this way, and not in necessarily plain English, um, explaining what he's trying to explain? Yeah, I mean... Jesus starts his answer, Matthew, I'm, re, I'm in Matthew with my physical Bible open. So in verse, or chapter 13, verse 11, it says, Jesus answered them, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. He keeps going after that. But let me just say there's something there, you know, at this point he's saying, you disciples, I'm letting you in. I'm opening the whole can of worms. I don't know. That's not a great analogy. I'm ho- I'm showing you the whole picture, and I'm doing I'm that intentionally because it's been what. There's your saying. You what? I'm pulling back the curtain. I'm pulling back the curtain for you though, not for everybody yet, but just for you. I, I want you to understand it. Um, for whomever has to him more shall be given, 
and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while they see, while they are seeing, they do not see, and while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And he keeps going after that, but it's kind of, okay, one big idea, Josh, do you mind if I go into what we were talking about beforehand, or do you want to add more kind of context to that? No, I'm good. So I grew up, I was talking to you about this before we clicked record, but I grew up, as many of you knew, in a, know, in a very kind of evangelical church that that really highlighted, you know, go and um, spread the gospel to all nations. And I believe that. I believe that's that is our role, uh, part of our role as Christians, is to share our faith and and bring others to know the Lord in a real way. Um, but I was just thinking about the like what we've been seeing recently in our culture of just literally like if you believe if you're a republican you can't convince a democrat they should be republican if you're a democrat they can't they can't convince a republican to be a democrat you know what i mean it's like people mm-hmm. are so divided even on issues like that that to I really don't think it matters if you have the best argument or the best explanation of why somebody should believe something else on a political issue. And man, just applying that to uh, why somebody should believe um, that Jesus, it was God incarnate and he died for our sins and he is alive today because he was risen after three days in the grave. Like to, to get somebody to believe that who says I'm an atheist or I don't believe that I'm, I believe somebody else was the savior or that's not God or whatever, um, whatever their starting stance is like that to me amplifies the idea of it doesn't matter how good your argument is. Um, but it also amplify, I, I still believe we need to be ready to preach the gospel uh, whether it's from you know a, a formal sermon or in a direct conversation with people, which is really I think where evangelism happens more. Um, but we need to be ready to share the gospel, uh, the good news about uh, our salvation through Jesus with people when they ask. But I think it's really up to the Holy Spirit to do the work. I think it's up to the Holy Spirit to do the convincing to say, okay. Josh, your words fell on a rocky place today. That's not on you. (laughs) Josh, your words fell in the thorns today. That's not on you. You used your words. You you spoke the gospel. You shared your faith. Um, And then every now and again, Josh, your words fell on good soil. Somebody's soul and heart was just ready to receive Mm -hmm. it. And you happen to be the voice piece in that moment to them, to share the gospel Mm -hmm. to them. So... I don't know. I just, I think it's so much more about kind of the Holy Spirit moving and, and God extending his kingdom to others individually than it is mm-hmm. about, I have this great argument that's going to totally change minds. Cause I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the point of the, the parable, right? Like hmm. there's, if you're a follower of Jesus, there's things that have been revealed about the kingdom or as Jesus says here, the mysteries of the kingdom um, that, that you have an understanding of that's great. I think what where we get into trouble with verses like this is when we think 
it's our job to label where people are. Oh, you're the path, mm. you're the rocky, you're the thorns. Like that, that's just yeah. divisive language or yeah. divisive. Is that, that's the word. Um, yeah. Like it's not our job to do that. I think what Andrew's saying is, is our job is to share, as Peter said, um, you know, be ready to, to give an account of, of where your hope comes from. Yeah. Um, that's our job. Um, but how that is perceived is, isn't really our role. I mean, I think that's what Jesus is trying to get at with, with this parable and at least how, and how he explains it is people are going to take the stories that you share in, in a variety of different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not your job um, to manage or control how they take it. Um, it's your job just to share it, share the ways yeah. of the kingdom, share the ways of, of Jesus, share what the gospel is, um, but let it be there and let others mm-hmm. take it as like, Jesus simply saying it's the Holy Spirit's job to do the rest. Like it's it's a it's a relationship between him and the Holy Spirit and love of what's happening in that individual's life and where they're at, ready to receive or not receive um, what you're doing. I think oftentimes we feel that our need to defend Christianity um, in such a way with apologetics and, and everything else that comes into play there, that we end up in in a place where um, uh, we're attacking. Rather than trying to even, and even if we weren't necessarily, our intentions were to attack, they're being perceived that way. Um, and that's, that's not helpful to the gospel. That's harmful to the gospel. Um, yeah. You know, our job is to give an account for why we have hope and then leave mm-hmm. it at that. Um, yeah. Let the individual and give an opportunity. Like I, my hope is in Jesus. The fact that, you know, he died and rose again, giving me a new life and a new perspective on this, this life. Like that's where my hope falls. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you want to follow it, I'm, I'm more than happy to walk, walk you through it and just help you better understand what, what I've come to understand. Yeah. But if you don't, I get that too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but I'm here. Let me know. Um, you want this kind of hope? You want this kind of... And that's, man, that goes back to this other conversation that we've been having for a while of like, yeah. if you have no hope, like, why the heck would anyone want what you have? Right? Like, <laughs> that's a good point, dude. Yeah. If you're living, If you're living such a life where it's... Christianity has become just a moralism in your life. Mm. It's just these do's and don'ts. Who the heck wants that? Uh, like, no, they want the hope that comes with, with following yeah. Jesus, the excitement, yeah. the full life. They, 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 that's what the, that's what's attractive to them. And 100%. that's what they're going to you know be attracted to. And then you get an opportunity to share why you have that, you know, found in Jesus alone. But man, Christians are so beat up so hopeless, so frustrated with their lives and things going around them. And so bent out of shape because, you know, they want to continue to control their outcomes and it's not turning out the way that they wanted. And outside's looking in saying, yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like that doesn't sound fun. Uh, you're just going <laughs> to tell me what I can and cannot do. That's not a life that I want to live. Yeah. No. Or you're the, just going to judge me for what I just confided in you about. You know, I just yeah. confessed that, yeah, I did something I'm ashamed of, you know, and yeah. like the expectation is the Christian then shames them, cuts them out of their life, makes everybody know, oh, he's a bad person. You know, you don't yeah. want to associate with Andrew. You don't want to associate yeah. with Josh. Like they're just, they're, they've gone too far. Uh, mm-hmm. And you could even say they're just, they're, you know, they're in a thorny place. They'll never mm-hmm. hear uh, the gospel. Yep. They're condemned. They're damned. Whatever. Yep. And like, this is but, where this is where yeah. religion gets dangerous. Yeah. Right. Like we see this. Let's use Scientology as an example because I've been watching a lot sure. of Scientology documentaries recently. <laughs> um, funny. But you like interested? in you Scientology, these 
<laughs> yeah. Is it a religion? No. That's crazy. Why they have 501c3 status, I don't know. Um, but it somehow is. they have it. Yeah. Um, modern day religion being started. Tom Cruise. Um, we're probably going to get shut down now. Scientology will come after us. We shouldn't have talked about um, <laughs> But, like, there's tactics that they use that have been used inside of of religions for a long time. The idea of shunning. Um, like mm-hmm. you disagree, you're a, they have a term for it, but you're a dev- divisive person. Yeah. Then you're cut right. off from the rest of the group. Um, and it's the same tactics oftentimes that unfortunately Christians are using too, that we yeah. shun and we cut people off from the group. And that's not the yeah. point. Now, is there a time that would have to come to the point where you have to take a separation between the health of the community and, and, and an individual that chooses not to be a part of the community? Yeah. 100%. But should that be is rare. So far, should be very yeah, rare. So far down the road of tools <laughs> in the tool chest that, like, yeah. you better bet through every other tool you've got to be able to get to that place. And if you only got five tools, you have not gone mm-hmm. far enough. Um, mm-hmm. Like, someone's got to be walking with them. But yeah, cutting people out, labeling <laughs> them in certain ways, like, this is mm-hmm. anti kingdom. Like, mm-hmm. the beautiful thing is you can be a murderer, you could be a, we'll go as far as even a rapist. And the beautiful thing about the gospel is it's, is it can still reach you. Yeah. No matter what you've done, the gospel is redeeming. Yep. No matter where you've been, the gospel is redeeming. And that's the beauty of what we follow Jesus in is there's nothing that can Mm -hmm. separate me from the love of Jesus Christ. There's nothing. There's no sin that I can commit. There's nothing I can do that's going to make that separation. And that's yeah. the beauty of where we live, but yet we don't operate oftentimes in that. You know, yeah. We don't want to. We don't want it to hurt our testimony, or we don't want it to affect um, our life. And maybe we're going to end up sinning if if we go into those things. And that's that's the fear of it all. Um, like I get it, um, mm-hmm. I get how we get there, but um, at the same time, if we're called to love, people's lives are messy, and we're going to get into messy places. Mm-hmm. But to label them. Um, you know, you're just, you're just a rocky soil. Like, yeah. you know, you're just, you're just so shallow in your faith. You know, no wonder you can't understand these things. No, that's not the, our response is, oh man, this guy's in a rocky place. Like, yeah. oh, that's, that, that breaks my heart that they can't understand what I'm trying to say. Which of my, my, well, my option should be, I should present opportunities that are going to help them understand the kingdom better. Yeah. Um, if he wants to take them, great. If he doesn't, Okay. But I'm going to keep presenting those opportunities. I'm not Mm going to sit there and just constantly preach at them because we've seen that play out so well uh, Mm -hmm. in Christianity. Um, We're going to let Jesus do what Jesus does and let him do the preaching and the speaking into someone's heart. And I'm just going to be around and and love well um, so they have opportunity to to continually come in contact with Jesus because Jesus lives inside of me. I'm a vessel of of his. I'm his temple, as as the New Testament tells us. Um, So I'm a walking representation of Christ Mm -hmm. incarnate. I'm not Christ. Let's be very clear about that. Um, But if I'm still around, I'm still engaging. They're going to have more and more opportunities to see what this new kingdom looks like. They're going to have opportunities to see what this gospel looks like, especially when I Mm -hmm. screw up and I ask for forgiveness. Right? Like that's gospel in action. I'm forgiven. We get to move on from this. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there's that beautiful thing of it too. I think it's worth pointing out. I don't know how far we've gotten away from the parable itself. Um, 
we might have gone off the deep end, but no, no, um, no, we're in the personal interpretations, tangents, encouraged phase of this discussion. There's three phases of this, where it's cultural context and what was spoken, uh, personal interpretations, tangents, welcome, and how to apply this day to day. And dude, um, wanted to say a couple things popped out while you were talking. Um, when you were talking about people labeling people, and it might people might not say in their mind or their heart, oh, they're the, they're in a rocky place, they're a thorny place. They might not say it that way, but they might say to themselves, they'll never be a Christ follower. That person will never know Christ. They're so far from God. Their their heart is hardened. Uh, we hear that sometimes in the church. Um, <laughs> heard it a couple times. Their heart is hardened. They're never going to accept the gospel. Um, what you're doing when you're making that type of statement or you're having that type of thought, um, which again, it's redeemable. If you've had these thoughts, you've made these statements. It's redeemable. We see that with the thief on the cross, you know, that we talked about in one of our last episodes where this guy was on death's door, literally hanging on a cross. And Jesus said, today, surely you'll be with me in paradise. You know, he's ready to extend grace all the time. Um, but when you're labeling people and you're saying you're uh, you're never going to accept Christ or you might accept Christ or you whatever, like when you're labeling them, what you're really doing is you're putting yourself in the judgment seat of God and you're saying, I, I know enough to understand their soul and the shape it's in right now. I know enough to predict the future and make a statement of, they will never, or they will, or they won't, uh, or they never would. Like you're, you're putting yourself at God's seat. Like that's not our, it's not our role, um, and we don't have the authority or the power or the understanding to be able to do that. To be able to see mm-hmm. somebody's soul, we can see the actions of right now. We can see the the story or the piece of their story that we can see. But man alive, I don't want to be able to judge people's souls. And I don't want to think I can, uh, because it's not a place we're supposed to be. But then secondly, yeah. you were talking about, you know, kind of preach, uh, with your words or with your actions or with both, but then go and live well, uh, and let God do what he's going to do in that person's story. I think that's so key. Like, uh, just live a life that other people would desire in any way that doesn't mean you have to like change your personality and become the most like energetic inviting person ever you don't have to act like somebody you're not and and have a life that everybody wants to like oh i want to be their friend like no be authentic but but live well and live from a place of hope live from we we went on a big tangent of like don't find your hope in politics uh when we talked last because don't (laughs) there's no hope there long term if there's any hope it's it's for a day but then it's it's ruined so find your hope in jesus and man live like you have hope because that's that's exciting that's encouraging that's attractive you know that might make people want to ask like why are you so hopeful? Why are you so happy? Why do you seem like you are happy even though you just had all this bad stuff happen? Why do you, why are you always kind to me even though I'm a jerk to you half the time? You know, like those questions come up, but only if you're living out of a real place of hope. So I just like that. It's not your job to label people's souls and 
it is your job to, to live well um, every day, uh, live fully every day, as fully as you can. So yeah, that's, good. that's what stuck out to me. Yeah, there's this whole thing of like with these four paths um, and the good soil being the place where the gospel takes root, it flourishes, it reproduces itself, um, as Jesus described in these verses. Um, like, and we'll, we'll cover this parable at some point, but you know, the good shepherd and how Jesus describes, um, the sheep and he's the gatekeeper and and those things. Um, there's a statement in in that verse that Jesus makes, um, that says, you know, they know my voice, I know them and they follow me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's really what, what the point of this sower is, is the good soil are the people that know Jesus's voice. Um, now Mm -hmm. some of that is done on their own accord and they've pursued Jesus and they've pursued this relationship. They've done their part and this relationship has become more and more fruitful. Um, others it's because Jesus entered into their lives in such a miraculous way uh, that they now, you know, have a relationship with Jesus. Um, but it's worth pointing out that followers of Jesus know Jesus's voice. So when we read parables, mm-hmm. we read scripture, we know what Jesus is trying to tell us in those moments because we've journeyed mm-hmm. along with him long enough to know his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you're sitting in a place and you're like, man, I read a lot of scripture and none of it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, are you in a bad place? No, not necessarily. Um, like if your response to that is, no, no, no I really want to understand what Jesus is trying to tell me. Awesome. Great. Yeah. If your response to it is, or others response to it is, um, yeah, this makes no sense to me. It's old. It's, it's, uh, historic. None of it, like none of it's applicable to our life today. Well, that's, there's a hard heart going on there. <laughs> there's yeah. another way we approach that. We love them well. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Um, mm-hmm. but the depth of conversation in the kingdom are, are going to be rather limited. But if you find yourself in one of those two places, like if you find yourself in a hard place, in a rocky place, your faith feels shallow. It doesn't feel like it survives with the ebbs and flows and the trials of life. Then get with somebody, have a conversation Mm -hmm. with Jesus and and talk about those hard things of like, Jesus, I feel like my faith is, is, is weak. I feel like it it can be, you know, thrown from ones. We talked about this a while back of this idea of like, it's really easy to follow Jesus when life is good, but when life is hard, it it reveals what we're really putting our trust in. Is it Jesus or is Mm -hmm. it something else? And if that's where you're at, then have those hard conversations with, with Jesus. You're finding it difficult to have those conversations with Jesus. Like you don't feel like it's, um, two-sided, then have that conversation with someone that loves Jesus and loves you in that order. Um, you know, be honest about, Hey, this is where I'm at. That's not a bad thing. That's not no. a scary thing. Um, don't feel like it is have your doubts. Like this is the beautiful thing about Christianity. I think compared to most religions out there, the relationship with Jesus, Christianity, like you can have doubts. Jesus yeah. is more than capable of handling your doubts. He 100%. is more than capable of hearing them, understanding them and helping you mm-hmm. understand where you're at. Um, mm-hmm. Like he's not scared of those things. It's not going to affect whether or not it's not like, you know, the Christmas, you know, uh, Santa Claus of like, if you, if there's not enough Christmas spirit, then Santa Claus starts disappearing. <laughs> That's uh, right. Like, no, Jesus, Jesus is there. He ain't going anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you yeah. believe him or not. He's, mm-hmm. he's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and digging into that, uh, is more than acceptable. Having doubts about it are more than acceptable. What's not acceptable in those doubts is just sitting in the doubt mm-hmm. um, and, and not exploring it, not having conversations with others about it. Like Jesus can handle your doubt, but your faith can't handle your doubt. Um, mm-hmm. and if that's where you find yourself is you're just accepting doubt 
that it's always going to be this way. Yeah. Um, you're, you're in a rocky or a thorny place. Um, mm. You're in a place where eventually um, the trials Make of this world are going to get you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, you're probably going to walk away from your faith. Um, if you don't keep fighting uh, for, and that's the beautiful thing about Christianity too. Yes. Intellectually Christianity stands up. Um, you can argue this and that, but Christianity stands its ground. It's not a, it's not a stupid man's religion as mm. some may like yeah. to say. Like sure. you can dig into the depths of it. Um, this is where apologetics comes into play, at least from yeah. the benefit perspective. Like, yeah, it can stand up mm-hmm. now. I don't think it's helpful in arguing of those that don't believe what you believe. Um, I don't sure. think it wins people's over to the, wins, win people over to the gospel, but, um, like it plays a role in, in at least in, in digging into the doubts that you may be carrying as a follower yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. Um, but dig into those things. It's, it's worth digging into those things. You don't find a place where you feel like the gospel has taken root. You don't feel like it's flourishing in your life. You don't feel like it's reproducing a hundredfold as Jesus described here. Um, yeah. That's okay. But, but pursue those things um, and pursue that relationship with Jesus and pursue those doubts um, where things just don't seem to be lining up for you. Um, because, you know, those are the things that are going to, going to get you into good soil. Those are the things that are going to till the soil and get it to a good place uh, and not let those, those weeds or, or, you know, the shallowness of the faith um, be taken over. Man, I think... I don't know if it's good or bad that, uh, okay, this might just be me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can tell me I'm crazy, but when I take a personality test or when I hear about one or hear about the Enneagram or any type of thing, like what type of dog are you, you know, test doesn't matter. I always want to know. What kind of dog do you come up as? I don't know. I don't know, but I know that's a test that goes around of like, are you a Labrador? Are you a pit bull or whatever? But, uh, but like, I always want to know exactly what my result is or what my type is or what my, what my implications are for me, you know? Yeah. And I just want to caution people. If you're listening to this, like, I don't know. I wouldn't spend too much time worrying. Uh, if you're trying to follow Jesus and you're trying to have a relationship with Jesus, if you're pursuing that, I wouldn't worry, man, am I the, am I the, the Christian, the Christ follower who's going to be choked out quickly by the worries of this world? Um, am I going to be choked out by affliction and persecution and turn my back on Christ in that moment? As this passage says, later, um, as Jesus explains it, like, or am I going to be kind of pushed away by the worries and the, you know, deception of money in, in this world? I don't know. You don't know either, but like worrying about it right now isn't, I just don't think it's helpful. You don't have to type yourself. You don't have to say, this is the type of soil I am. If you're focused on relationship with God and you're pursuing looking more and more like Jesus and knowing him in a more personal way, um, then don't worry about that. Suspend your worry if if you're like me and you quickly think, well, what type am I? Am I A, B, C, D, or a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, whatever. You know, like, suspend that. It's just not helpful. You know, like, it's not going to bring you hope. Uh, just pursue relationship with the Lord as mm-hmm. honestly and as, as directly as you can would be my encouragement to you mm-hmm. rather than focusing on, on worry of what type of soil am I metaphorically. No, that's good. And, and I'll just add a caveat, a caveat to that. Like 
if you know what soil you are. <laughs> like you don't have to you don't have to dig into it. Uh you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm definitely shallow." I, I I, I can yeah. see my faith swaying from side to side. That's worth digging into with Jesus. Sure. Um, that's not what Andrew's trying to say. But if you're looking at yeah. this saying, well, which one am I? Am I the good soil? Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. matter in all reality. Like, yeah. it just matters that you're pursuing your relationship with Jesus. Are you mm-hmm. pursuing and fostering what you can from your side? Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's really the piece that, that's going to um, continue to shape you into who Jesus called you to be. Right. Like there is nothing else. You could read every self-help book. Um, you could understand uh, all the personality types to the, the nth mm-hmm. degree. Yep. None of that helps you in becoming who Jesus called you to be. Yeah. Period. Becoming closer with who Jesus is, becoming closer in relationship with Jesus. Those are the things that are going to sanctify you. Those mm-hmm. are the things that are going to um molds you into the creation that he's called you to be. Um, those are the things that are going to help you conquer temptations in your life. Um, that relationship is the source of all of our life. And I think we miss that. I think because mm-hmm. at times it can feel difficult at times it can feel uh, stagnant um, that in those moments we think that we, we got to find something else. We got to find a different source. And I think this is how the enemy gets us off track. Um, I think the enemy um, gets us to this place where um we think we need more. So we start to supplement with other things. And Jesus is very clear. His word is enough. And when I say his word, I mean him himself, the spoken word that's recorded, the Bible. Great. But him himself is the word. The word is enough. Jesus is enough. So if I continue to pursue that relationship with Jesus, he's going to continue to shape mold me into who he's called me to be. Mm-hmm. If I continue to pursue that relationship with Jesus, he's going to help me love him and love people better. If you continue, if I continue to invest in that relationship with Jesus, I am going to be, a, a better mm-hmm. person in following and loving or sorry, in loving myself. Um, yeah. right. Like all these things come out of, of that source of life, which is Christ and Christ crucified. Um, oftentimes we started to supplement with all these other things because we just don't think we're getting enough from Jesus. I'm telling you the fruitfulness of our relationship with Jesus. There's nothing that compares. Um, yeah. and if you're not at that place, that's okay. Keep pursuing. You'll find that place. I promise you that. Um, but that is the source of all life. That is yeah. like my source of hope in the hardest of situations. Right. Mm-hmm. And I wonder too, like what happens if life wasn't good? Where am I really at? Like yeah. maybe I am in thorns. Maybe I have allegiances to things that, that aren't Jesus. I'm putting my trust in things that aren't Christ. Um, but why is it worth pursuing those things? Cause like, it's only gonna let me in crappy places. Why don't I mm-hmm. just enjoy where I'm at right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and when those things show up, if there's things that show up that I'm putting my trust in that aren't Jesus, then let me repent of those things and dig into those things with Jesus so he can continue to shape me and who he's called me to be. Um, and that's okay. Repentance is not a bad thing or you're a horrible person thing. It's a Jesus. Mm-hmm. I tried, I tried a different way that wasn't your way. And I, I recognize that it's just not working. I need to come back to you. That's it. Yeah. Nothing more, nothing less. It's not a you're guilty and Jesus is going to throw his hammer at you. No, the beautiful thing about the gospel is Jesus ain't going to throw his hammer at you. Mm-mm. No. He threw his hammer at himself. Mm. He took on your sins on himself. Yeah. And then he died for those sins, conquering it. Yep. That's the beauty of the relationship with Jesus. That's the beauty yeah. of what this all is. This is Jesus' life um, is we get to chase after. So enjoy where you're at. Continue pursuing Jesus because you shouldn't stay there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like Andrew said, don't spend too much time trying to figure out which one you are or which one the people in your life are, as we love yeah. to do with the Enneagram. Um, <laughs> and be careful. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this too, because we've talked about the Enneagram. Uh, be careful on how much 
trust and hope you put in those types of things. Yeah. Um, like you don't need a number to be who you are. Um, yeah. You don't need uh, uh, a type to be who you are. You don't need a, a Myers-Briggs abbreviations <laughs> to be who you are. Um, right. Be who Jesus called you to be and chase after those things. Um, and, and don't let anything else supplement in that place. Let Jesus right. be your source of life. Exactly. It, they're just tools, you know? Like, if you're building something, if I'm doing literal woodwork, I'm going to need a tape measure. But I don't need to carry a tape measure with me every day because I'm doing woodwork once every couple months. <laughs> you know, it's not what I do all the time. Uh, in the same way, man, you can learn some stuff about yourself. To me, it's fascinating of what Enneagram type I am, what MB- Myers-Briggs type, all this stuff, you know, but it's it's not the gospel. It's not the good news. It's interesting yeah. news. At best. And I would argue it's not even supplemental. To no, the I think that's. I dangerous. wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't say it's supplemental at all. I'd just say it's interesting. You know, like yeah. to understand yourself or others a little bit better. But mm-hmm. it's not supplemental to the gospel. You don't mm-hmm. need it in any way. Uh, you don't. Yeah. If you go through your whole life not knowing what your Myers Briggs number is, you're just fine. <laughs> like sure. your life didn't get any worse or better by knowing it. Um, in my opinion, so. Um, just a tool that you can use if you want. Sometimes you need a tape measure. Most of the time you don't. Uh, (laughs) so it's kind of how I view that, even though sometimes I spend too much time thinking about that stuff. Um, that's good. Yeah. So I I think the, if we were to sum all this up in a, a single couple of, of statements, Mm um, you know, the reality is all humanity, um, finds himself at different places of understanding who Jesus was <laughs> and the kingdom that he ushered in. Um, yeah. We're all on a journey. Um, I think at times it can be harmful um, to put people in uh, positions or places or labels that just isn't true because the, the kingdom of God isn't that. Um, as we pursue Jesus, we're going to become more like Jesus. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um and no matter how ugly life gets, Jesus is more than capable of redeeming it. That's another beautiful thing. That is mm-hmm. the gospel in itself. Mm-hmm. Now, if you read through these and you're like, man, I feel like I'm in rocky place. Um, the rocky soil defines my life. I, I ebb and flow depending on the trials of my life. That's okay. Um, I think it's worth digging into with Jesus. I think it's worth digging into those that love Jesus and love you in that order. Um, just to see what, what's really going on and how do you have greater faith in Christ? Well, greater faith in Christ comes with journeying and walking with Jesus. Um, letting, you know, going through the hard times, um, because there will be hard times as Jesus promised us, but remembering that he has overcome this world. So holding on to that faith, um, that's where we find hope and hope is attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going back to our first statements that we made, um, Hope is so attractive that you better be give it, be ready to give an account for that hope. That's right. Um, Somebody's going to be do asking it in, questions in a malicious way, not yep. to do it in a harmful way, yep. but just to give an account why you have hope and leave it at yep. that. Um, mm-hmm. Let them make the decision on whether or not they want to pursue that same hope. He who has um, hears, let him hear. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Hey, if you had a different interpretation of these verses, as you kind of dug into them with Jesus yourself, and that's our hope and our prayer, right? Like, yeah. there's a yeah. reason that we don't read them. Um, and one of those reasons is we want you to read them. We want you mm-hmm. to read them in relationship with Jesus. 
Um, we think that's important to your relationship with Jesus. And that's why we chose to paraphrase and kind of tell it in our own um, mm-hmm. voices rather than reading scripture for exactly as, as scripture is written, um, because we want you to read it. So if you read it and you interpret it a different way, you get something else out of it. We want to hear that. Totally. Um, so if you would email us at hello at this Jesus life podcast.com. Um, we will get those stories and um, we love to be encouraged by what God is doing in your life and also learn from you. Um, as yeah. you're, as Jesus telling you other things, there may be things that are like, man, I want to apply that to my life as well. Um, yeah because Jesus is revealing it to me through you. Um, So thanks for journeying with us. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.